is up internet and what do we got here a taco a whiny donut some stupid flappy thing no one knows exactly what it is okay so did somebody say queso that's fucking stretching and you know it queso and this is the only podcast about movies my name is matthew kroll and i'm queso man shahir dow breaker of dreams <laughs> wonderment of wonder town ruiner of magic in the movies uh, but no but everyone <laughs> needs it everyone <laughs> needs it i'm just hey, gonna Matt, how are you i'm okay uh we did that a lot we did that intro a lot too much uh, in fact, I'm going to try to cut it into it's something nice. It's a pretty good Nick Crawl impersonation. Uh, well, we do share the last name. He just has one more L than me, which is probably what put him over the top. <laughs> uh, but yeah, speaking of Nick Crawl and a uh, ensemble cast, we are doing this week being the only podcast about Sausage Party. Got my sausage. Yeah, that song, right? <laughs> I got so my that sausage. song... So Shahir and I do this deep is- research before we before we go into these things, and we do like real strategic stuff about what songs to use. And of course, last minute we're like, "Ah, hey, let's just search for a song." And he searched "sausage songs." Sausage songs. Little did we know in May of two thousand five or two thousand fifteen. I, I think we're really showing our age here and how out of touch we are with like memes on the internet right I'm now. I'm very no, but that's the thing. I'm very in touch with memes. But you didn't know about the sausage. I meme? had no idea about the sausage song. Bum, 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 it seems bum, fun. Bum, it seems like a little game. Yeah. Uh, and I and I enjoyed it. So hopefully you enjoyed that song in the beginning too. <laughs> um, <laughs> here, do some housekeeping, buddy. Hey, if you like our podcast and our lack of knowledge of what's going on on the internet, you can reach us on the internet at onlymoviepodcast at gmail.com. We have a back log of movie requests that people are asking us to do. And we love that people are asking to do them. Some, In fact, some of these movies are very hard to find. We've got an upcoming episode with... Uh, Ken Russell's The Devils, which we were hoping to do soon, but we've just can't find it. That movie is very difficult to find. Can't so, find it. So, but but actually, that's it's it's part of the mystery. It's kind of like we're going on the on a hunt. Well, uh, dear listeners, I'll do you one better. If you really want us to do a movie and it's kind of hard to find, send it to us. Sure. That Email w- us and we'll we'll work out a drop. It'll be super shady near some <laughs> sort of trash can under a bridge while it's raining. It'll like, be it'll be beautiful. Like Deep Throat from All the Prisoners, man. Yeah. 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 No, no, so no, but that's really cool. We really enjoy that people are what what I think is happening now is people are asking us to define movies or to to, to figure out movies that they're having trouble trying to you know, getting the, getting their heads around. Like they like parts of it, but then they're like, well, a lot of this is shit, but yeah, then like yeah. something's really good. And like, what's happening? No, I, I, I do and I, that. And I would love it if two obnoxious dudes on the internet like uh, argued about it for an hour. I mean, I have enough personalities in my own brain to do it. So I'm glad, <laughs> I'm glad I can spread the madness is what I'm saying. So when Matt's not dealing with a split personality disorder, again, you can reach us at onlymoviepodcast at gmail.com or hit us up on Twitter at onlymoviepod and on our Facebook page, which is becoming quite the little community. That um, is very true. And speaking of of uh, split personalities, my movie and gaming personalities are now fusing into one because the only podcast about movies will be at PAX West uh, September 2nd, 6 p.m. at the Sphinx Theater to do our wonderful panel on getting good at video game movies. That's so specific. I actually might say we might be the only podcast about video game movies. That we're, I, well, that, that's trying to fix it. That's trying to fix the problem. I guarantee you, by the time you leave that one-hour panel, we'll have fixed Hollywood. We have uh, we have uh, fans in Seattle. We know you're out there. If you if you can make it, we'd love to see you. We'd love to meet you in person. And uh, all yeah, three of you, all three of you out there in Seattle. <laughs> no, and uh, we have some we have some exciting giveaways planned. That is true. We're working. We're still working out the kinks, but it's gonna be uh, it's gonna special, be a show. Who's our special guest out there? Uh, that'll be James Portnow of Extra Credit. 
credits fame and Red uh, Charizan, old friend of the show as well, uh, who is now currently working on uh, some new Martin Scorsese jams. Are we allowed to say that? Don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, so we're really excited about that. It's actually a topic that I'm not... I've I've thought about, but not not really thought about a lot. But I know uh, with the Assassin's Creed movie coming out soon, I think it's something you and Red in particular will be thinking about a lot. And there's a couple there's a couple things. There's a Final Fantasy anime, another yeah. CG movie that they just released for like a short time in theaters to 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 boister popularity or, or, or favor for Final Fantasy 15 that's coming out. I don't know. There's a lot of weird stuff happening in the in the genre mashing or the uh, not genre mashing, I guess media mashing of uh, turning video games into cinema. For those who don't know, Matt is a very avid gamer as well, so he'll probably have a lot to say about the gaming translations where I'll probably have a lot to say about not a lot, but maybe video movies in general, maybe. And it will end in a giant crescendo of wonderment as we fist fight atop the podium uh, to determine which medium is best. We could uh, we could end like Sausage Party, but that's a spoiler, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say oh. what that ending is uh, until we get into it. But but Sausage Party, Sausage Party, Matt Kroll. Um, uh, before we actually get into the movie, because I think people know enough about uh, Seth Rogen and Jonah Hill and and all those guys um, and what they're about uh, and what Sausage Party is about. But have you heard the story this week uh, that came out about the animators not being paid very well yes. and having their names removed from credits? Yep. And it got me, before we get into the our review of Sausage Party, it got me thinking a little bit about how difficult it is sometimes for those of us who follow movie news uh, how difficult it is to try and separate the movie from the knowledge of its makers. And and the things that I'm thinking about there are, for, for one thing, when I sat down to watch the movie, having known that story, right. uh, I did feel a little uncomfortable given how, you know, like I was kind of like, oh man, there are all these people that worked on this movie that's, you know, like getting, they feel like they're getting, getting shit on. Getting the shaft. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, but it also really, on a broader topic, it got me thinking about the the, you know, how difficult it is to, separate the maker from the from the from the work itself and and obviously you know in classic cases you got Roman Polanski Woody Allen but even as that came out simultaneously with the sausage party story was the story of Nate uh, Parker who is releasing that movie the birth of a nation what is it, the story uh, with the Nate Parker thing it it, it is uh, become apparent or anyone who is going to be doing research about Nate Parker that he was invo- he was accused of a sexual crime uh, when he was in college. And uh, the, the thing that happened that made that worse is that he got out in front of it and, and started talking about it. He was never convicted. But the person who uh, he was accused with, another uh, a friend of his who also worked on this movie, was convicted and then had that conviction overturned. Um, you know, uh, Nate Parker came out with the, the full, you know, regular story of, of, you know, it was a long time ago. I wasn't convicted. Um, I'm trying to move on with my life. I've done a lot of things since then. Right. Yada, yada, yada. Um, and and be aware, listeners, we're not taking sides on this uh, either either way um, at all. And we hope that uh, there's no inherent bias in anything that we're saying. Um, but uh, what what happened the next day, or maybe even a few hours after they did that press release, was that it was revealed that the person who had accused uh, Nate Parker committed suicide um, years later, and and the family of that person is you know has made the suggestion that the 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 reason that, that this person committed suicide was because of that event. Um, and so, uh, and here's the thing, is that I really, Birth of a Nation was a film that I really wanted to see. I'd heard so many positive things about it. It, it, it came out swinging at Sundance, won all the prizes, was a historic sale. Um, but now I'm kind of, I think I ha- I'm going to, it's impossible not to have that at the back of your mind. 
um, when watching that movie and, and, you know, with Sausage Party as well, is it, is it, can you watch this movie without thinking about those animators for, for some, for some parts of it? I just want to point out that I, people probably came to this review to, to look at, a, you know, a, an animated movie that, you know, had food we, saying, we will, we will, that we, food had food saying fuck a lot. And we just went deep down the depression hole. So I apologize for that. She, we're, we're she get, here's mind is Roman. Listen, we Roman we, Polanski over here. We'll probably, we're, we're going to have our fair share of dick jokes later on. But no, uh, I do think that, um, this is this is this is it. I think. Oh boy, this uh, is it. This, this is defini- it. definitively. This is it. Yeah. Um, you. It is very difficult to separate a filmmaker's like story or, or or the people or someone who made or any sort of piece of art from that art, mm-hmm. unless it's real fucking good. Because if there's something we've proven as a society is that we value almost talent as a people over. morals over people over people we completely do like we you know like if you are if you're an oscar winner a renowned oscar winner of something you could probably get away with a lot yeah (laughs) you know yeah or michael jackson yeah can we divorce michael jackson like the the story of this person versus you know versus his music they're still playing those songs in high school dances i still love i still and they're great songs i still love michael jackson holy fuck so my point is this As a society, I've just answered the question. Yes, you can separate it if the art is good enough. That, is that right? Is that moral or just? Probably not, but there's a lot wrong in the world, and that's just one more slice of the pie. I think I just think it's it's an interesting conversation to have because I, I actually I don't know what the answer is because I just told you. <laughs> I just told you the answer. Yeah, and the thing is I like I love Roman Polanski movies. I love Woody Allen movies, but like you know, like You know what's interesting? I don't love Woody Allen movies, so I find myself thinking about his indiscretions <laughs> more. Right, yeah. Because I don't love his movies, but I could totally see again. But you say Michael Jackson to anybody else, let's just say like a, a huge music fan or whatever, and they're not even going to think about even it's been buried for the most part. The stuff that came out in the media that was on and then gone. Yeah. So it's like, again, it's 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 talent or or how how beloved is the work of art now? Sausage Party, mm. I don't think's ever going to make it to the point where we forget uh, things such as, but it's irreverent enough too where it might go away at the same time. So the thing about the animators not being paid. Yeah, so what uh, what happened was that there was a Q&A um, uh, online that the directors did, and then some of the animators that worked... So this is the other thing. It, it's un- These are unverified claims as well. So we don't know how accurate this are, whether these are just disgruntled employees. There's no verification. Although, but the story picked up a lot of steam, was, you know, put up in the Washington Post. A lot of places, you know, uh, put the story up. But basically, a couple of animators went into the comment section of that Q&A and started talking about how terrible the condition working conditions were, how they had their names removed from the credits. Um, and yeah, it's, I mean, we, we have both worked on feature films. Um, and I think, you know, like both of us have seen our fair share of egos, uh, egos beating rationality and egos beating um, normal human dignity in some cases. Um, but what, you know, like what is the line? Is there a line and, and how do we, how do we negotiate when we talk about the movie Sausage Party? Do we do we just forget about that? Is that important? Like, if the movie was made in North Korea in a sweatshop, but was the exact same movie, would we be able to divorce that from it? That's, no, because it's not good enough. And not that, to say it's not good, it's just not good enough for that particular it. there's, situation. There's so many things like that, like, you know, our clothing, for example, is all often made yeah. in sweatshops. So much of what we 
use is made in Switch and we don't think about it, you know? So I, I don't know. It's just, yeah, we did go a little dark a little early, but I think we're, it's, it's, we didn't just go there. We're still there. Yeah. I'm interested to see what flashlight you whip out to get us out of this nonsense. <laughs> oh my God. Look at that. It's a dick joke. You have to, you have to make the dick joke. You can't oh. just point at a thing see, for an audio I'm podcast. Not a comedian. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm more of a, a visual based comedian. So if you were in the room, you would have got it. I was in the room. <laughs> and you didn't uh, I know I, I got it. Uh, anyway, uh, no, Woke just, up in the morning and I told us sausage oh, joke. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> we're batting a million this episode. Uh, I don't think that it's like, I was actually very upset when I heard about this story. I, I heard about it after I saw the movie, so I went in with a clean slate, and then I heard about it, and I was like, oh, that fucking sucks. But like, I, again, and, and again, they're unclaimed. Like, this is, this is what I hate about this sort of stuff, too. It's like, you, you know, you, you these people go on Reddit and and do a big stink about it, and then it becomes like a news story because it was the opening uh, week of the film. Whereas, like, th- the solution to this sort of thing happening, I think, and it's way easier said than done, is just everyone valuing themselves and valuing a group in a weird way. It's and I agree. It's just it's tough. It's super tough. It's tough to do. And, and you but know, I guess it, they did stand up. Like, wasn't the story like they stood up? They kind of like galvanized together the group that felt like they weren't getting paid overtime and all that stuff. And then they finished some of the movie, and then they all got fired or something along those lines. Uh, something along those lines, and then their names were removed from the credits. Right. And and it's a it's a really difficult situation. I, I it's 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 even more difficult. And it was pointed out when uh, Ang Lee won. Um, when the life of Pi won uh, uh, um, the major awards and the VFX team were not, the company that actually produced the VFX went out of business. Right. Um, and, you know, that film was ostensibly all visual effects. And, and there's, there's, there's a lack of unionization in visual effects companies. So they're, they tend to be worked very hard. And visual effects are such a huge component yeah. uh, of almost every movie you see now. Um, so it's impossible. You know, like you have this entire arm of the film production you know, world that isn't unionized, doesn't have uh, a voice in the products they're making, um, and is probably being paid unfairly. And on the, other scale, on the other scale, you've got actors who are unionized who are being paid very handsomely. It's a small percentage of those actors are being very, paid very handsomely. Um, so it's a tricky, it's a, it's a really tricky situation. And I think it has a lot to do, it, it has more to do with labor law than it has to do yeah. with, with movie reviewing. But I think it's an interesting conversation to have. And I, yeah, again, because I, I, I like Roman Polanski movies. I like Woody Allen movies. I like Michael Jackson. You know, like it's hard to, it's. I, I like I iPhones. Yeah. And well, iPhones were built on the backs of like slave labor. Um, Steve Jobs, visionary. Yeah. Visionary. Anyway. Uh, we're recording this podcast. Talking on- food. Yeah, we're talking. <laughs> this whole thing is everything sucks is what we're saying. Now that everything sucks. Let's talk about some uh, animated food that swears a lot. Sausage Party is basically Seth Rogen answer, uh, answer to Pixar movies. Uh, and it is uh, basically the story of Frank the hot dog <laughs> and uh, his adventures in the supermarket and getting chosen. Uh, and basically all the food is sentient in this uh, Pixar movie gone wrong. And uh, for lack of a better term, they are waiting to be taken to the great beyond out the big sliding doors of the supermarket where the gods, a.k.a. people, will reward them for staying fresh. Mm-hmm. Is this sounding like an analogy? Possibly. It, it's weird. The analogy didn't actually wasn't really clear to me uh, until I think, you know, two thirds of the way mo- through the movie. Um, or maybe. maybe oh, like, wow. I picked up like. 
right away. Well, because I, I, the analogy didn't make sense to me because they were basically, what did they think was going to happen on the other side? They were just rewarded. They were rewarded, rewarded, rewarded. Like they, but it was, they it was but there. They, they didn't equate the, the you know the obviously the analogy that the film is drawing upon is religion. Yes. Um. But but uh, they they didn't the the. The, the food didn't equate leaving the being chosen with death. No. They just, which is, which is where I would say if the food knew that death was coming on the other side, but you would be rewarded, that would make more sense as a, but then again in religion, religious, but it's, it's the same thing. Cause in religion, death isn't the end. It's just, you, you trade, it's a transference. It's that whole thing. It's not, it's that didn't break the, right. the analogy. For I guess, me. I guess because I didn't, because I thought that they were basically, it, it, what it reminded me more of was like the Island. Remember that Michael Bay yeah. movie where they were like being taken to a bit of place. Right. I, th- I see this more as it's just the next step. It's the next plane of existence. And, and that was the, then when they left the doors, that was the next plane of existence. You could equate that to death. You could equate that just to sort of moving on spiritually. Spiritually. Like it's it it's all sort of the same. By the way, if you want a really great serious movie about this topic, um, check out Mark Romanek's Never Let Me Go, uh, which is phenomenal, but like very pessimistic, but basically the same story as Sausage Party. Wow. There you go. Okay. How convenient. <laughs> How convenient. Yeah. Like, moving on. So, um, so the thing where I got the real religion thing was the whole thing. They had to stay fresh before they went to the great beyond, AKA staying pure. So like you have Frank, the, the hot dog. Training, yeah. yeah. And you had Brenda, the bun and they, all they wanted to do was be together. And at one point before the whole movie really kicks off, they, they touch uh, fingers. They want to touch the tips, just the tips, just, just the tips, just the tips. Just the tips. Uh, just and the tips. then, and then throughout the movie, and we'll get into this more when you do spoilers, but like some bad stuff starts happening and they think they're being punished by the gods because they touched tips. Yeah. I, that analogy made perfect sense to me. That, right. that, that made complete sense. I, it was just the, um, it was the, just the, the leaving the growth, you know, being chosen kind of thing. Also like being chosen alongside, you know, the buns being chosen alongside the hot dogs. I was like, how is that going to happen? How are you going to, you know, like, how are you going to make sure that that were that you know you stay together? Oh, they wouldn't, but they, that, that's what you, they made them think that they were. Yeah, that, yeah, that, yeah, that was the God's will. Yeah. Um. So, okay. So that's the the general gist of the film. What would you think of it? Um. Before we get into spoilers, overall, I liked it. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't thought about it much other than just this show. Um, since I laughed, I visibly I laughed out loud in the in the movies visibly, which, but not audibly. No, yeah, just, <laughs> I, just, just <laughs> wide mouth, no sound. Yeah, a wee. <laughs> <laughs> um, a little bit of drool coming out of the side. No, I, I was went with some buddies back in Massachusetts, actually, and uh, we all really had a good time. Um, but then I think, I, along with the story of the animators, and then just sort of as the news cycle moves on, I didn't give it much more thought. So, I mean, I, overall, I liked it. Um, I think it got it felt sort of it wore out its welcome here and there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm shocked that a movie of this sort of I keep bringing up Pixar, Pixar caliber. Uh, this this is how it sort of this is the first time where they've tried to make a quote adult version of it. Yeah. Uh, and I think it's I think it's clever enough. I think it's clever enough to bypass a lot of its sort of tropes it leans on. Right. Um, what about you? What do you think? I um it to begin with the the film. You know, I sat in there a little bit uncomfortable with the knowing about the animated story, and then I did okay. So if I if I was to divorce that from the from the film itself entirely. I did think at the beginning it was kind of juvenile. It was kind of like they were just going out of their way to say fuck a lot as though that meant we were being adults now. 
Um, and, sure, but that's and, also a par for the course for the pedigree of this movie. Yeah, for for those guys, like I walked in go knowing like, oh, I know exactly the language they're going to be using here. Yeah, and the thing is with those guys, you know, so we're talking about Seth Rogen, Jonah Hill, Michael Cera, Danny McBride, um, Craig Craig Robinson, all the, all those guys. You know, they, they're kind of like a little brat pack of of comedians who who are, who are making a lot of movies, and um, uh, they're a little hit and miss for me. But when they hit for me, I think they hit. They they knock it out the park. So I think Superbad is a masterpiece. I think uh, this is the end is amazing. Um, but then I think the interview is kind of you know. Um, and then they what what's amazing about them is they're all like want to be they're they're all want to be serious dramatic actors as well. So James Franco and Jonah Hill were just in this movie called Truth, which is you know like ostensibly the Truman Capote story updated for Monday. It's based on a true story, um, and you know like it's a serious film about truth and consequences and those sorts of things. So I feel like they, they're hit and miss. And this one for me started as a little bit of a miss. But the further it went on, the further the analogy became clearer to me as to what they were really going after. And, the, and what I really, really loved is a third act turn that this film kind of took. And, and I... I think I love that they were just they committed to the joke and went all the way with it. These and, guys and, are are the kings at this point of the third act turn. Yeah, uh, a couple of their films, you know, this is the end being one of them. Yeah. Like just really, and it, it's it's like they the the thing that's good about them is they're not just they're not like the 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 guys who do the scream parodies or anything like that. Not the Wayans Brothers, but the other guys who do like the um, not movie? another not another oh, teen not movie, movie. You know oh, those kinds you. of guys who are just like. Uh huh. It's funny how these guys did this thing. Right? Yeah, this these, movie could have very easily devolved into that had it not been made by these guys. These guys tend to like they know how to make movies and they know how to have subtext. Yeah, exactly. It's not just joke for a joke's sake. It's yeah. joke. You still, yeah, they're gonna start you off sophomoric and a bunch of fuck shit ass whatever the hell they're saying. Yeah. These a little animated like cute characters, but then like I went in knowing I didn't quite know what the analogy was gonna be, but I was like, oh, they're they're gonna allude to something, and they did. Yeah. But what? Yeah, once the wheels really started kicking and turning for me, um, I was fully on board, and I, you know, I was surprised as well because the the thing is, this is the ki- the kind of places that this film goes to are the kind of places that will inherently offend some people, and 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 kind of not just rightly so, but like yeah, they're really going for the jugular, and. And and I think they they they're entitled to do that and they're fair to do that. But I was what I was really impressed by was with that initial unease that I had at the beginning of the film actually kind of like helped me get into the third act. And and I think it helped the audience that I was with get into the third act because they were like primed for how inappropriate this movie sure. is. So when it gets really inappropriate, they're they're you know they're in it. And and like and this movie has a big <laughs> a big part of it has this has commentary on the Israel-Palestine conflict, which is weird and the, not usually the fodder for, you know, uh, dick bo- jokes. They but both like hummus, though, Shahir. Hummus. Some hummantosh. I had uh, some hummus today. It was delicious. <laughs> so, yeah, no, I I I was slowly but surely won over by this oh. film entirely. Well, and that's I, nice. And by the end of it, I actually, I kind of loved it. Okay. Uh, I thought it was great. Uh, the, the, there's only one thing that I'm going to talk about in spoilers that I wish that the film had done that it didn't do. Well, is there anything we should do before we start just going through the movie? Um, I mean, ultimately, go see it. I'm, I'm, I'm happy I saw it. I'm happy I paid for it. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed this film. I, I say, I mean, yeah, I, I agree. 
Uh, you seem to have more hesitation in your voice. It's just, um, you know, we could save it more for the end all be all of this entire thing. But there's, there's, it's good and bad. It's good and bad. We can walk through it as we walk through. Let's, it. let's, let's get into spoilers. There we spoilers, go. Oh, spoilers, he did his announcer spoilers. voice. It's echoing away like it was in a big room, even though we're in a closet. Um, so what happens, uh, in this wonderfully whimsy animated feature is, uh, so I guess, how does it go? They, they get chosen. Brenda and Frank both get chosen. And then due to a series of unfortunate events. Yeah, they, they get, uh, Frank and Brenda get separated from the group, but they also, this well, is. Hold on, like this is before like the, the God, this woman picks them up and puts them in the cart and they're in the cart. Oh, oh, I remember. The, the honey mustard. The honey mustard. So Which are you, honey or mustard? Yeah. Which you, pick, a, pick a side, God damn it. So honey mustard uh, gets returned. Yeah. From the great beyond. He gets brought back. Yeah. And he sees what the truth is about the great beyond. And the great beyond uh, <laughs> is exactly what we as humans do with the food from our supermarkets. And we bring it home and we eat it yeah. or we cook it or do some sort of thing to it and then eat it. So he's basically insane now. Honey mustard is insane. Yeah. Um, and wow. Uh, no one believes him. Yeah. And he's in the cart with everybody else who's been chosen. If if the analogy is, is he's been, he's seen death and realized that there was nothing out there for him. Or so, horrors. Horrors were out there. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, uh, I, I actually, do you even remember? Cause I don't remember this part, how the cart crashes. Uh, the cart crashed because honey mustard jumped out. Yes. And committed suicide. That's right. And then, and then you had this whole amazing, like saving private Ryan montage, like, uh, as a bag of flour exploded, uh, and food was trying to find its, its, um, uh, its family, its, its friends, friends, its, its guts is like arms, pulling, yes. pulling, uh, spaghetti's <laughs> pulling itself back into a can. Yeah. 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 Uh, and all the while, uh, the, the movie's main, uh, antagonist uh one the guy we quoted in the beginning the douche, douche. el douche uh a strange character to have as your antagonist i think it's oddly fitting <laughs> really oddly fitting yeah how fitting yeah see how what? no how fitting how was it fitting oh i thought you were making a deuce joke um <laughs> the no i uh, just it's just it's a. Uh, I mean, look, we call people douches all the damn time, and here is the actual thing acting like the thing we call people. Like it's just it fit perfectly. You know what? I guess what I guess the the thing was is the analogy didn't quite work for me a lot of the time. But it was the thing is is the movie is like plain satire, so it, it's always fine. I'm I'm not like the movie was not broken sure. at all. But the analogy was like at some point they were like, um, you know, look. Food is going to be killed and slaughtered and eaten, but there's no alternative to that. Like, like people need to eat food. So what are we going to do instead of that? You know what I mean? Well, like, we were like, looking at it from that perspective. We were looking at it from the food's perspective. And if you want to, I mean, look, well, but the now, food was created by the people. They don't know that. Yeah. Just like we don't know where we came from. So like, it's I, that whole thing. I, again, it, I, it's sort of like if you think about it too much, it's kind of. Uh, well, if you think about our existence too much, it's kind of. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. uh, so it's kind of the same thing. It, it really it, is. And honestly, I kind of feel like this movie was written after a joint or, you know, like after. Oh, uh, yeah. You know, like after. Someone a saw a baby carrot talk. And then they're like, dude, dude. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it, to, to think about it too hard is kind of probably the wrong approach. 
Uh, yeah, sure. Just like, the, well, you know, whatever. Um, so then uh, it's the journey home, basically, to get back to Frank and uh, Brenda's uh, stand. They, they want to get back into the, they want to get back. Red, into white and blue day. The 4th yeah, of July. They want to get back into the 4th of July. Where this movie wasn't released on the 4th of July. It must have uh, come up with some delays. Yeah. Um, Maybe due to some labor disputes. Maybe, probably. Uh, <laughs> um, so that they can be selected again so that they can go into the, in, they can be chosen by the gods and ultimately so they can put it, so, so Frank can get it all up in Brenda's business. In her bun. In her buns. Um, just singular. <laughs> um, and so it's like their trek and they meet uh, Bagel and they meet... Um, uh, the lavage, the lavage, yeah. uh, and that's I've never the Israel had a lavage before. I've never, I haven't either. I was like, oh, why not a pita bread or something like that? But I, hey, you know why not? Uh, <laughs> lavage that, does sound bitter. They're all very. It's a better name, yes. yeah. Yeah, uh, You know, and you said it in the beginning. Like every pita, and, and Selma Hayek plays a taco as they go through the ethnic foods aisle. Like this whole stupid thing. But like all of the caricatures, all of the sort of help racism there's the german thing where the, they they want the to german. exterminate the juice yeah uh there's like what was the food what was the german food i think it was just it was it's just it the was, german stuff in I, the think, I think it was mustard it was some kind of mustard wasn't it? i don't know the, but it was just fun. like they have all these small things um and it's like oh there's a song in the very beginning of the movie as well that they sing like everything's fine this is our like it's there's great. no possible way anything could go wrong on right. the other side right in um, the great beyond yeah in the great um beyond. so it's their it's their adventure through the aisles back home yeah and but then they they are confronted with the vision of Firewater played by Bill Hader. Oh, because they walk through the liquor aisle, which is a constant party. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. Um, and <laughs> Firewater has something to tell them about the Great Beyond because and- he is an unperishable. I thought that was very clever. Yeah, the unperishable. The unperishables. It was like him, a Twinkie, and something else, and yeah, like they've box been of grits. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and they've been around. Yeah forever <laughs> so they know what's up yeah and they and what we learn in the i think maybe in the second or third act is that they made up the story that the great beyond was this wonderful place so that people wouldn't get scared now i thought this was a perfect analogy for religion yeah at this point this is the point at which i was like uh-huh okay this is how the the analogy is going to work now the only difference being uh well I, I i shouldn't say this all the way but a lot of times when we talk about something like this and religion being created like that it's more of a uh, it's to comfort, but also to control. And they didn't do it in this, in that way. This was solely well, so they would make the food feel better. But it was interesting was that they said that um, initially, yeah, they wanted people to feel better, but then people started using it to uh, to control other people. And and the, and the unperishables were like, hey, we didn't, we never said that. Why would we, you know, yeah. you know, like, why would we want to get rid of the Jews? We love the Jews. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's just, again, it's more social, uh, you know, racial commentary, yeah, I guess, yeah. throughout this thing. Very light, you know, like with a light touch. It's not like really heavy political commentary. But it's, but it's, but it's the right level. This is something I will appreciate from this movie. It's mm-hmm. the right level of it. You're absolutely right. It's a light touch, but it's, if it wasn't there, I'd feel like something's missing or it wouldn't matter. Yeah. And if they went too heavy with it, I'd be like, all right, I fucking get it. But I'm looking at a goddamn animated bagel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like. That sounds like Woody Allen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> so so uh, Frank now is confronted uh, with the realization. He knows the truth. He knows the truth. And he needs to warn Brenda and everybody else that this is the way things are. In the meantime, um, Barry a deformed little sausage played by Michael Sarah. I love how Michael Sarah's personality gets entirely warped through all of their all of his work with Seth Rogen. I know. Uh, his his role in this is the end is a kind of amazing. Uh, but he makes it to the other side and is confronted by a druggie played by James Franco who does bath salts and who can through the the consumption of bath salts 
realizes that sausages are people too, or food is food. People. Is, food is sentient. <laughs> food is alive. Um, and and also comes back with with that same knowledge after decapitating the druggies here. I mean, that there's a lot that happens between then yeah. and the, where we were and where we are like now. Like there's uh, so douche's sole thing is he gets thrown away, clean up on aisle twelve after the big cart crash, <laughs> and he uh, loses his juices. He loses his juices, so he he bandages himself up, but he's empty, and then he starts quote juicing by eating or drinking <laughs> other foods that were abandoned. He basically becomes like a power vampire. Yeah, he's like I'm so juiced, bro. It's so weird. I, I again, I don't get what the joke is there. Like I, I, I he's a juicer. Yeah, but like if he'd taken, he's a douchey juicer. No, but if he'd like drank, if he if he'd absorbed like some whey powder and you know protein powder or something. I mean, like I that. think it was just taking whatever he could get yeah, at yeah. that point. Yeah, it was kind of. Uh, I, I don't know. I liked it. I thought it was funny. Maybe it's because I came off of a camping trip where there was a lot of uh, River Bros uh, right, where right. I was at. Uh, y'all respect kid respect um, so then what else happens oh so Frank while well, he's talking to Firewater and all the unperishables the rest of the group kind of moves on because they really want to get back home Yeah. so um, the taco and the bagel and the, the lavage taco who's got a uh, a soft spot for Brenda the bun that's right yeah. uh, very uh, heavy uh, <laughs> heavy um, I, I don't even know what I'd call it in the context of food uh, uh, romantic tones yeah <laughs> sexual uh, tones yeah and uh, and then Brenda even says at one point, she's like, you know, you know, if if it was allowed, I might, you know, go for it. Uh, but the, it's not. And I need to remain pure and fresh or yeah, else yeah. I won't be able to go to the great beyond. Yeah. Which is, again, that perfect analogy of abstinence. Uh, I mean, you're an abstinence only guy, right? Like you, you believe in abstinence, right? You're a virgin. I mean, I do believe I in am. a lot of uh, fictitious things. <laughs> that is not one of the fictitious things I believe in. Oh, weird. You and I have, uh, uh, oh, I don't know if we can be friends anymore. Yeah? Yeah. You're still a virgin with your kid? Yeah, with my baby. <laughs> with my baby. <laughs> you have a lot more questions. Uh, I'm so pure that his birth was divine. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that makes you pure. I think that makes your wife pure. Either way. Um, yeah, so, yeah, the, then, okay, so... Th I, I think everything that we've talked about is kind of fun. It's interesting. Uh, there's a great uh, meatloaf, I would do anything for love montage in the middle of it as Frank has to go to the, um, he, he finds the cooking section the behind the, right. Yeah. The, where, where he sees, cause how, he needs proof. He needs proof uh, where he sees how food is prepared. This is the cookbook. Yeah. The cookbook and that sort of thing, which, uh, which is going to be his evidence for, um, for how, uh, uh, the 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 great beyond is a is a myth because everyone he's told has not believed him at this point. Yeah, uh, and meanwhile, douche El Duche is is still uh, chasing them as well. So I think all that stuff is classic Pixar chase and you know like getting back home kind sure. of stuff. It's it's the usual. Um, it's it's well done. I like the you got a friend in me. <laughs> yeah, exactly yeah. the Monster Zinc thing. Um, it all works. That was Toy Story. Was that Toy yeah. Story? It's okay. Uh, okay. I was doing Kermit then. Um, but uh, yeah, so it's all good. But then where the film takes a turn, where I think it goes from fun riff on Pixar movies, is where an all-out war happens between the food and the human. Right. So Frank, yeah, Frank, before this happens, Frank tries to convince the other yeah. food. Even he brings the cookbook and shows it to a, a camera at the register. Yeah, yeah. And it goes in the thing and they all don't believe him. It's yeah. a very sort of like almost. And again, we uh, this is this is where the analogy breaks away from reality a little bit for me, because like it's almost like. 
a scientist, say, trying to prove that God doesn't exist. And you really can't, but he's like, no, look at all this evidence. All this evidence. And yeah. everyone's like, no, that doesn't make sense. You're just trying to fuck with us. Yeah, like, yeah. so I get that. And then uh, again, all very good stuff. Yeah. And but, then, so then what happens is um, Michael Sarah comes back. Yeah. And he's, he's learned the secret of the bath salts and the way to, to get people to, to, to see them. Yeah. Get human beings to see them is through the bath salts. So they, they end up dipping some toothpicks in bath salt, firing at everyone who's in the store, causing havoc because everyone in the store suddenly starts hallucinating. A giant war. Uh, and, and a giant war on the scale of the Avengers, except inside of the supermarket, uh, begins, which I thought was kind of great. Um, Slightly less scale than the Avengers. Uh, same scale. If you look at uh, food at the scale of the Avengers, yeah, it's about different to, scale. No, same scale. Um, and better, better executed. Not true. Um, but um, what happens after the battle kind of climaxes, so to speak? Uh, well, they kill a lot of people. Yeah, they kill a lot of people. They kill a lot of humans. They take down the gods. Yeah, which is great. Um, which is great. <laughs> which is great. <laughs> which is fine. Yeah, it's fine. It's what you want to do. Uh, but then they basically, uh, Brenda and, uh, uh, Frank start fucking. Sure. And everybody joins in. Yep. Everybody's in on it. Incl and what, what I love is, is Lavage and Bagel go at it. <laughs> like, uh. All the food does. All the food does. Taco finally gets her moment with Brenda, with Brenda the bun. Yep. Uh, uh, you know, sausages are having sex with fruit now. Pineapples are having sex with watermelon. Grits is going nuts with fire water. That it's must have been a, a great, uh, what's the word, brainstorm a day at the office. Like, we need to figure out how food can fuck each other. Yeah, I, but but honestly, I kind of love this scene because basically the, the it's not just that, so, so, so the thing was at the beginning, I felt the film was kind of being juvenile by, by just saying, hey, here's some fuck jokes and that sort of thing. The point here is that at the end of this, when when basically we're having that moment that happens in Team America where they have a sex scene between puppets, we're having a sex scene between foods, but there's a heavy, heavy analogy that's working underneath this, which is that abstinent-only training is just bullshit, and if we all just fucked, we'd probably get along a lot better and people would be happier. Um, and I kind of, right. kind of like, and, and especially in the fact that Palestine and Israel were just having sex yes. at this point. Yes, um, I just thought that that was... Wonderful, brilliant, um, kind of, and and I just I applauded not the bravery, but the kind of the the smartness with 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 which that idea was executed. Uh, it's weird to talk about a food orgy, and an animated about, food, orgy. an animated food orgy, which is designed to to make to 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 let you have fun. Uh, but I don't know how, how else a food orgy would be designed. <laughs> that's true, um, but it's it's weird to talk about it in terms of like, will that actually is a really smart way to end where this film is going. Well, well, that, yes, a hundred percent. And I do think that it had the movie ended right after the food orgy. Yeah. It would have been more poignant and more of a memorable sort of like, wow, like, yep, this came to fulmination. And, uh, and then, <laughs> and then it sort of, if they just sort of had like one or two jokes, if that was like, the climax. Like, yes. Then you would have been happy. Uh, but sadly, uh, this is where the only really faulty stepping stone came in for me. Yeah. This is, I mean, this is a thing where I was like, I wish, if this if their film was going to end where it did end, then I wish there was one more scene, um, where I wish we'd seen the other side of the Stargate. But explain to me, explain to us what the Stargate is. Well, we <laughs> <laughs> so they go back to what Firewater's place, the Unperishables, and he's built a Stargate. Yeah, because because Firewater and Grits and Twinkie have been smoking a lot of weed, and they've come to the realization that in fact 
what they, they're not just food, they are a cartoon uh, that has been created by some douchebag named Sith Rogan. Yeah, and uh, Edward Norton. And, and, and uh, the bagel is voiced by Edward Norton. I see. This is why, like, I didn't particularly hate the idea because what this is playing off of is sort of being the analogy of a lot. You might have seen this on whatever BuzzFeed bullshit article or maybe even a legitimate science thing. If you read those, uh, how the whole thing, there's a there's a theory out there that uh, our existence in this reality is actually that of a hologram or a computer program. Right. Uh, and that's sort of what this al- alluded to in that sort of reference is like they are they are coming to realize after smoking or getting mm. so fucking high that that they are not the end all be all of reality. They are are just one thing created by another being in another reality. Yeah. Uh, and I, I like that. I love that idea. I think, I, and I was like, oh man, they're really like upping the ante at every tournament. But what I thought was just, what, what kind of took the wind out of the sails for me was like, then they have a, in the misty Stargate, they show Seth Rogen's face and Edward Norton's face. And I'm like, oh, I, I again, I kind of like that. And I was hoping that what they were going to do was have a scene. Well, if the, maybe if they did, like if they had a scene after that in the real world, yeah. then it would have been good. Like him showing up on his desk or something, been like, what the fuck? Like yeah. that would have been better. But like, it almost felt like they wanted to do that, but ran out of money yeah. in a weird way. Because like, then it's just like their faces floating in a pink or a green cloud in the Stargate. That, I think the execution pissed me off more than the, uh, than the I, idea. I, I think they were, yeah, I agree. I wish the only point at which I felt the film fell over for me was that they, they didn't seem to go there with this final scene, and yeah. I agree. Yeah, if the film had finished at the at the 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 big the big food fuck fest, then I would have been happy. And uh, also, do they answer? Do they answer? Like all the humans are dead. No other humans are going to come in the store. No, well, I think it's a good way to justify the idea. Like, like so to that end, I think the idea that they realize that they're a cartoon is a good way to justify. Like, yeah, it's a, I it's can a, see that. It's a be. It's a good catchall for any plot hole that you might come up with. Although, again, I don't think it's like this is not a film to like poke too many holes at because it's full of them, but it's, you know, it's a fun time. So I think the points it tries to make that it actually goes out of its way to make about sort of abstinence being silly and Mm -hmm. and religion being kind of uh, controlling, controlling thing. I think it it plays off of its points like that very well. It's when it gets when it when it tries to bite off more than it can chew with the time a lot that it allots itself, that's when it's sort of sausage that it can chew. Right. Of course. Yeah. Uh, That's when it sort of it trips up. And this is one of those moments, I think, where it trips up. Yeah, it, I I agree. I I wish. Well, I just wish it had gone further. That that Sid, maybe I, I could imagine. Are we really gonna see a sausage party too? Do we want to see a fucking sausage party too? I mean, at this point, the only see the only other thing I wanted to see was the sausages, the 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 food in the real, the animated characters in the real world, kind of like that great episode of The Simpsons when Homer goes into the third dimension and he walks past like an erotic cake store and then he goes, "Hmm, cakes," and then the episode ends. It's kind of like I just want to see. Just a little bit of of what that is, and sure. I and I like seeing that too. Star- South Park did it too. They did a virtual reality. Uh, uh, yeah, they kept on thing. going into other realities, other realities, other, and then they take off the headset. That's just four actual kids yeah, in the real world. Yeah, yeah, I like yeah, that. Exactly. yeah. I like I like that idea. So I wish I wish they'd kind of had done that because I don't want to see another movie with that being the only idea. And I feel like that's the only place you can go with this at this point. I mean, did it make enough money to warrant a uh, sequel? Let's look that up because I don't know. I, I don't think, God, I don't want to see it. I liked it. I want them to make something new. I like, just like I wouldn't want to see a, this is the end too, or I wouldn't want to see a knocked up too, like, or a super bad too. I just don't, 
I, I just I think it's a good idea. It should live on its own. And look, the movie made money. Yeah, the movie cost nineteen million dollars to make and made sixty five. I mean, it probably really cost like thirty if, before they yeah, fucked if, everyone over. Yeah, if you if you want to take into account, I wonder who fucked everyone over. Like, if that's true, I think because I'd like to not believe that Seth Rogen would be like fuck those guys. No, I think I mean I. Who knows? I I don't think that that's the case. I because this film had two two directors um, who are not Seth Rogen and and uh, Jonah Hill or or. Um, even Goldberg, who's Seth Rogen's writing partner, yes. they, 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 they usually collaborate on the directing team. But this is Greg Tiernan and Conrad Vernon, who um, have done a lot of animated movies before, including a lot of Thomas the Tank Engine. Um, so it's kind of weird. That, that makes went, a lot of weird sense. Yeah, they were jumping from Thomas the Tank Engine Just, to, like, uh, you know, to, to full-on dick Objects Rogen. with faces. Yeah. Um, I. It's one of those things where I'm sure at the, the top brass probably don't realize that this is the way visual effects work, but it is, it is a sweet shop. It is, you know, like working in visual effects. But is that okay? Like, I know we're kind of going back into it, but like, is that okay? We were making the reference to Steve jobs and all that stuff. Like, yeah, Yeah. he's the top brass of this stuff. Does he really like, does he know, does he ever question? How could you not question? I guess, guess, but we don't question things too. Everyone's fucking culpable. Yeah, I know. Culpable. What is the word? Culpable. Culpable. Thank you. I speak English. England. Um, there, you know, like I, I always come back to this Louis C.K. but maybe monologue that uh, that he did at the end of one of his shows, which is that like you quote him a lot. Well, I, I think he's. Great. I think he's great too. I'm yeah. just saying you quote him. A lot. I do quote him a lot. Um, I, you know, like it was the but maybe, which was that um, all the technology we have in the world is amazing. Uh, oh no, no, the the, the analogy goes um, slavery. You know, child labor is terrible. Um, but maybe we wouldn't have the technology we have today if it wasn't for those things. Right. And, and, and it's a horrible kind of analogy, um, but it points out the irony of the fact that we are, uh, we enjoy the spoils of other people's misery often, especially if you are uh, middle class in a first world country. Yeah. Uh, we, are, we are definitely enjoying the spoils of a lot of people's misery. Uh, without, I, I would say without really knowing it, uh, but... If we, we, we do know it, we do know it very, for almost for a fact. We don't know it, Shia, yeah. because we're too distracted by food just pounding each other. <laughs> we're too distracted by like bullshit news all the time and celebrity gossip and podcasts about movies. But no, it's. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> I'm just getting very meta here. I'm just going, I'm just breaking the fourth Saying wall. Saying it ain't so. <laughs> I feel like we're the only bastion where we're not hurting anybody except everybody. Except everybody. Oh. Um, so. So I know you said it, so just say it again because normally we say it now, but you jumped the gun in the beginning of this thing. Would you tell people to see this movie? Yes, without a doubt. Uh, I think it's a, it's great. It's a lot of fun. Um, I the and, and my hesitation would come to if if it became known later that the directors lorded over the visual effects artist with a whip and a, as they sat at their computers for days on end without consuming any food without being offered any pay um uh, you know then I might go you know what maybe don't support this movie but uh but all things being equaled, we have we have supported a lot of shit, and we support a lot of things that are really built off the backs of other people's misery. Yeah. So, that being said, if we want to dig our heads into the sand and just ignore all of that, sure, go ahead. All right. I also think, not just going ahead and it's a good time at the movies, I think it is a very smart movie, uh, yes. and it has a lot to say. Um, and I think, uh, it does that in a fun way, which is, which is more than I can ask for most comedies. And because it is a collaboration, because film is such a collaborative process, like the animators are getting screwed, but that doesn't, 
God, it fucking sucks because it's someone high up that causes that to happen. But that doesn't take away from the craftspeople that aren't getting screwed or that, you know, like that also worked really hard on the like because it's so many people. It's like See, this is my thing, which is that in every production, there are there are people at the top who make a lot of money off the backs of everyone. Sure. Else. Then there are people at the bottom who get screwed over the worst. Um, they're the ones who, do, who you know, and usually in film production, it's PAs, inter, interns especially. I have a big thing against it, like using unpaid labor. But but there's a, there's a big swath of people in the middle. Oh, you don't who, think interns work? I, I look. I, I come, think they get abused. I think. I come, and I come from a culture where we don't have interns. Oh. And, I, and I do think interns are uh, an unfair way to gain labor. I think doing interns, sorry, just to talk about that. I think interns for a semester at school rather than doing it like doing your classes, just going and working as your education. I think that's very important and good as long as you're not getting totally taken advantage of. But there is that whole thing about paying your dues for a little bit. I just don't think it should be a long ass time. My problem, my counter argument to that is that you have to be able to afford to pay your dues if that's, if you're not being paid. And so, and the problem True. is that it's economically unfair to people who can't afford to, to like live on unbe- not being paid. And I think that's, the, to me, that's the real problem with internships is that they're inherently economically unfair. Too sure. There, there, are, uh, there are certain people that get internships and there are certain people who would love to get internships but can't afford to do it. But here's, well, I guess, I mean, now we're getting deep into like college tuitions and things like that. Yeah. But like. Uh, and, and again, I come from a culture where we don't, we have, you know, you know, oh, we sorry. don't have internships. And, what's very interesting about it, because that is a very good point. The, um, I've often said, even when I speak about filmmaking or anything like that, I'm yeah. sure it might even come up when we talk at PAX, if it, if it does, where it's like people ask, like, should, should I go to film school? Yeah. And my answer is <laughs> you go to film school to get your group. You're paying if you don't if you have a bunch of people that are willing to make a movie with you, you can just go do it. Yeah. Uh, but the, the, the thing is, you're paying for the access to people, yeah. people that are passionate with you. It's a weird. It's like it's so, a whole big thing. So my point there was that uh, I. Yeah. The, uh, no, it's in, a if, great point. That's a great point about internships that I, I, I didn't think. I mean, what but what I did, I saved up. Of course you did. But I'm and saying then, but but you but there are people who are. They have less. I understand. Yeah, they have less opportunity and less. Um, what's and, the word? And the problem for? is, it cultivates a culture of only certain people being able to like flow through that internship True, yes. system. Yep. Um, That's very fair. Um, that sucks. Now you turn. God damn it, Shahir. I I, I, I hate I, when you make good points <laughs> and then make me fucking feel bad about life. Anyway, uh, so my point there was that there are people at the top that make a lot of money off the back of other people because yes. that's the way productions are hierarchically geared towards and then there are people that, and on the other end of the spectrum there are people at the bottom who who are uh whose labor is unfairly rewarded through monetary concerns um but in the middle and as i'm sure is probably the case in sausage party uh in the production there are probably a lot of people in the middle who get paid fairly for what they do they're not earning the huge sure. dollars but they're you know like they 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 earn a living wage they can afford to like you know send their kids to school all that kind of stuff and for them the problem is is that and that's ostensibly if we're going to talk it in political classes that is the middle class um, they are inherently um, blinded to the concerns of the people at the at the lower economic spectrum um, and you know I think that happens in every production I think it, I really do I think and it happens every I, I, I think it happens in every business you know like every capitalism is geared towards that kind of organization can we, can we end one of these podcasts without me feeling like shit <laughs> because you didn't thought about the internship thing I if, if you're interested well, here's a here's a good way to get into that there's a show um, that I love that's made by True TV, and it's uh, it's called uh, Adam Ruins Everything oh yeah it's great uh, Adam Ruins Everything is it, look there's there's 
definitely more you could read about uh, wage labor. Uh, you know, like you could start with uh, Chomsky or Thomas Piketty or whoever you want to read into in terms of like fair la- wage labor. Um, uh, but 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 Adam ruins everything. Uh, is just a really yeah. good catch-all, like, here's the ideas. Now, a lot of people have, a, have problems with Adam Burns everything being too simplified, and and I could certainly see that point, but I think that, you know, like... Not the, for a half-hour comedy show based around fact. That That's what it is, and some people don't like that. Um, I just think people don't like... I mean, again, I'm having the reaction, for instance, just mm-hmm. not, not having thought about an angle of something and being like, oh, fuck, that fucking sucks. Mm-hmm. Like, people don't... Well, no, I mean, there's the truth. And this is the truth about Sausage Party. I'm going to bring it all back. Yeah. People don't like the curtain being pulled back and seeing how ugly shit is. And shit is ugly. Yeah. Shit is really ugly. Uh, um, so, uh, and in fact, you could you could argue that on a meta level, that's what the analogy of the film is itself, which is that it's about people being... It's about a group Ooh, of people. Ooh, how meta is that? Being exposed to the truth of, the, of their people own People getting fucked over, making a story... About the truth about how people get fucked over. I think we've just cracked this case wide oh, open. Oh God! <laughs> um, look, we. I think we've done more, and we. I, I wouldn't say we've done any sort of high level analysis, but I think we've done more analysis than this film warrants. But I think, I think we did the exact amount level of of of, of that. <laughs> it's a it. I, I enjoyed it. I think there are many levels to with which to oh, enjoy it. I didn't say if you should see it or not. Um, yeah, what do you think? Uh, yeah, yeah. after all that shit, <laughs> after people getting fucked over, yeah, it's funny. It's God talking fucking douche in it. The bottom line is there's far more damaging things you could spend your entertainment money on. Uh, do not go. Don't pay to see Suicide Squad. Pay to see Sausage Party. One hundred percent. I mean, like, you are you are you honestly telling me? No, no. If you have the yeah. option, you should see Sausage Party over Suicide Squad. Yeah, no, one hundred percent. I was like, what but are you like, trying but to like say? Money, here? money going to people is just a weird, a weird thing because, like, I don't think the the execs should be. I I, uh, I do wish rewarded. I do wish on film, either side. I do wish film and it's something that I'm kind of um, having to deal with in low budget filmmaking. Uh, you know, like we're we're talking about a future film at some point, and we're talking about how to be equitable to people who's who had donated. That was a time. big thing on WDI for me. Yeah, yeah, exactly. How do you, you know, like how do you me and make, Red. Yeah, how do you make something equitable for people who are donating their time? Our uh, solution was you have a two day shoot and you don't end up making it. <laughs> yeah, well, you know <laughs> one way is just to give up and fuck yep, everybody. Yep. Yeah, no, just, no, yeah. no, no, don't just, fuck no, everybody no, no, and then no, you I give know, up. No, no, I mean fuck everybody by just like literally sitting around giving each other hand jobs and oh. like, like not not making the movie. Oh, literally fu- fuck I understand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um which I think is where this film goes. Um, but I, yeah, I, I, you know, filmmaking as a, as a capital expense Yuck. is one of those things you shouldn't do, except if you want to fund one of my movies, <laughs> you know, <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here first. Yeah. Shahir doesn't want your dirty funding money unless you want to fund one of my movies, but he doesn't want it. He, <laughs> he's too, he's up on his horse on the hill. He says he doesn't need it. I really, really need it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Please. Well, here. When, when I'm not uh, corrupting your message to fundraisers, where can people find you? You can find me at www.shaheertown.com. I just, I can imagine myself pitching my Kickstarter right after this. Shaheertown.com, <laughs> <laughs> um, S-H-A-H-I-R-D-A-U-D.com, uh, where you can find my life and works and occasional ramblings on a blog that I have 
updated very infrequently recently because most of my updates on things I'm watching and I'm interested in is via this podcast. Matt, you are you are my av- you are the my my mouthpiece. <laughs> Food orgy mouthpiece. Yeah. Um, well, your mouthpiece can be found at Emperor MSK on Twitter, uh, Skeletor the number four P R E Z on Instagram, or www.matthewkrollkroll.com. That's one L, not two. I don't know how many times people have told me, like, congratulated me when the Kroll show came out and been like, oh my God, that's amazing. And I was like, do you, re- it doesn't look like me. Yeah. But it does whatever. sound like you. Yeah, he kind of does. <laughs> he's like, I, I do like his comedy. He, he's one of those. I, and I, I love the league. I It's weird. I, I hate sports. Love the league. I love, I love the league a lot. And he's, he, it's weird because I, I think he's a really hard worker and like, he's, you know, it's, he's one of those comedians. You can see him putting the work in. I, I don't love everything he does, but that's just on a personal level where, but I do think he, you know, he's, he's got the craft yeah. and, and it, he's a, the thing that I love him most in is a couple of episodes of Comedy Bang Bang. Mm. Um, he's re- he some of the voices he does, especially the mailer demon, is amazing. Right? Yeah. Oh, and so just one thing as we wrap up the only podcast about the film Sausage Party is all of the voice acting is wonderful. We mentioned the actors. We didn't sort of talk about the performance. I mean, this is a trope of actors that have worked together so much. I can imagine it's just them having fun. Yeah, I can imagine they're just having fun all the and time, and that's great to hear and uh, see. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Uh, oh, and check us out at PAX. Don't forget about we're going to PAX. We are going, going, going. September 2nd, 6 p.m. Sphinx Theater getting good at video game movies. I I promise we will come up with a solution as to why game movies are bad and how Hollywood can fix them. And if you want to get in touch with us and maybe point out a video game movie that we should see before we get there. Well, or what? perhaps we, one we could give away. Perhaps one we can give away. We, we, are, we are inundating ourselves right now with video game movie adaptations. If you've got something that you want us to point out, uh, get it see, in now, get it in now. There's only a couple weeks left. Uh, contact us at only at gmail.com. Hit us up on Twitter at only or on our Facebook page. Um, and keep the requests coming in. We, do we have, will do them. We do have a backlog. It's been a little difficult getting to them because some of the movies that you guys are requesting of us are difficult to see, Right. but we are, we've got an episode coming out shortly and we will be rolling more into them. We want to try and get some good special guests on these episodes. Right. We want to make it worth your while. We just don't want to go sit there and talk about this rant, you know, this thing. You want it to be good and we want it to be good. So we're trying to make it good. I mean, what was it? Two episodes ago, The Childhood of Alito was was a requested film as well. So, yeah. Uh, Yeah. Keep them coming. We love hearing from you. All right. So I guess that's about it for this show. Um, I mean, we got to go out with me. Yeah. Is there anything you wouldn't do? No. I mean, I would do anything for sausage for sausage. But I, I there's one thing I won't do. What? I won't do that. And I just won't do that. What won't he do? No, I won't do that. Fun fact, music video directed by Michael Bay. That was an explosion. <laughs>